Hello. All right. I'm excited. Hey, haven't seen you guys, some of you guys in a while. I know it was the summer break and there's still people on summer break, but we thought we'd start back and get, get some things going. So I'm excited for this fall and what it means and just some of the opportunities that we have to to really build a, an English-speaking church here in the middle of the city because it looks like, according to some st- statistics, that almost 100,000 people will be here that, that do business in English. And so for me, that says that, hey, if there's people here, maybe we should start establishing and building a church, a community of people that love Jesus. So one of the things that I was thinking about, you know, if you, I grew up in church. And so from the t- my parents, they were Christians. And so from the time I was born, I spent time in church. And so I, it's always been a part of my life. And it's been an interesting part of my life most of the time. You know, sometimes I can remember when I was a kid, I would always go through these different seasons where I was like, are we sure you want to go to church? You know, and, and that's actually why we as Church for the City, we actually want to create a place where people can encounter God and are, are engaged, whether they're little kids all the way up to uh, the older generation. So, but one of the things that I found interesting whenever I began to think about the church, what does the church mean? Is that, that did you know that today in this world, there's over 2 billion people that say yes to Jesus? That, that the Bible says in Ephesians 5, it, it calls that Christ is the head and that we are his body, that we, the church is his body. And so it really de- begins to depict this picture that together there's a community of people all around the world, almost over 2 billion people that are followers of Jesus that are the church. I want you to turn to your neighbor next to you and say, you are the church. Now turn to your other neighbor. Say, I am the church. Huh, we're, we're getting pretty good. We're working through it. So, But one of the things that I began to think about is what about the church makes, makes us unique? What makes us special? Because that's, that's one of the things that, that sometimes, if you look throughout history, we begin to ask these, these questions like, what, what is it about a church that makes us special? So there's these two billion people around the world that are Christians. But then there's these local understandings of a church. And that's actually what we're trying to build and what we're trying to establish here in the middle of Krakow is an English-speaking church. And that's really centered around this one word. That's community. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say community. So this is going to be, you know, one of those interactive moments. So turn to your other neighbor and say, that means people. You know, God, God called us not to live alone. Did you know that the first time, the very first time God said not good was whenever someone was alone? Did you know that in the Bible? So God, you know, he's creating the world. He's like, it's good, it's good, it's good. This isn't good. We need to fix this. And so that just speaks to that built within the DNA of all of us is this need for community. You know, and it actually speaks to the nature of God and who God is. Because it says that we're made in his image. Did you know that? We're made in his image. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're made in the image of God. Ah, You didn't know you were going to be preaching today. So we were made in his image. Now, the Bible says that God is three in one. So God actually lives in perfect community because of that. And so it's only logical if we're made in his image that we have this desire, this need to have community with others. Isn't that interesting? 
So the first person that walked on this earth was a guy named Adam, and he had community with God. But even then, God said, no, he needs, he needs people in his life. Isn't that, isn't that amazing to think? That God said, hey, you are called to be in a community. And that can, be, that can mean if you're an introvert or an extrovert. So I'm a huge introvert. I love spending time by myself. It's a one, who's, anyone else an introvert? So enjoy spending time by themselves. <laughs> who's an extrovert? Uh, who's in the middle? So, okay. So it, regardless of, of how we feel or how we gain some energy, we're all called to have this community. And Acts 2, I love this story. So I encourage you to read Acts 2 because it begins to talk about, and it's really the establishment of the church. You know, this is whenever in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes and fills the upper room. There's 120 of the followers of Jesus just waiting and praying for God to do something. And it was in that moment, it says the church went from 120 people to over 3,000. I love this little passage at the end of Acts 2. It says, it says that they lived together and shared and everything was common. What were they doing? They were living in community. So at the very beginning, the very establishment of the church was this understanding that, hey, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the purposes of Jesus in you, but you also live in a community. So it's, it's built within our very fabric. And you know what's interesting that I found? With all of our technology today, with all the different ways we can communicate with other people, people are becoming more and more lonely. Did you know that? So as, as many of us are expats, we actually probably can experience this a little bit more because many of us have left our homes and our countries and came and lived here and are making new homes here. And you can feel that there's, there's this loneliness that can happen despite the ways we can communicate, despite the technology that's available. Did you know a recent study says that one in five people say that they are desperately lonely? Isn't that amazing to think about? One in every five people. So the UK, you know, anything that you say right now with the British government just makes you laugh and scratch your head. But they actually did something to fix it. This was for my good friend Joel over there. So he has an American shirt. He has the proper pronunciation of mom. It's with an O, not a U. So let's give it up for Joel finally converting to the way that we're supposed to speak English. See, it's not always good to fight with the guy that gets the mic. I've learned that the hard way. But the British government has actually created a whole section of the government to try to fight loneliness within the British communities. Isn't that amazing that, that governments are beginning to see that we've got to do something to help create communities? Because it seems like, and this is actually one of the, one of the ways that the enemy tries to prevent the people of God and prevent people from really accelerating and living life to the fullness is to isolate people where they feel lonely. And so that's one of the reasons, is that's one of the causes of the church and what we're supposed to be doing. It's helping to create a community of people that are pressing forward to find Jesus more and more. So we actually see this story in Mark 2. So, and I love this story because you actually see three different types of people. And usually within any church community, there are these three types of people. And it, it always makes me laugh and it makes me scratch my head sometimes. But today I want us to go through and actually read Mark 2. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the types of people 
that are in a church community and how, how together we can help build an English-speaking church in the middle of a Polish-speaking country. Because I really believe that God has placed each one of us here for a specific purpose. And God has placed each one of us here at a specific time and place. And together we can see some incredible things happen. So let's read. So just to set you a little bit of the backstory of where Jesus is. So Jesus has began to do some different things. He's, he's performed this incredible wedding miracle where he turned water into wine. And did you know that he made so much wine that it was actually an amazing gift for the, for the bride and the groom so that they could actually probably, it was probably a year's salary worth of wine left over. Did you know that? So Jesus, Jesus is always, he's a God of more than enough. You know, and so he's been doing this. He, he does this amazing, this amazing sermon on the mount. And he begins to talk about all these different ways of what a person looks like when they live in the kingdom of God. And he's began to heal people and do all these, all these things. So people are starting to notice, hey, this guy, this teacher, he has something special inside of him. We need to pay attention to what's going on. And now he actually, he returns to his home city. And he returns to his hometown of Capernaum. And that's where we pick up in the story of Mark 2. So and when Jesus returns to Capernaum, after some time, it was reported that he was at home. And many gathered together so that there was no room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And then they came. Who's they? Uh, some people. So bringing, bringing with them a paralyzed man carried by four men. And when they couldn't get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above and when they made an opening big enough, they let down the bed on which the paralyzed man laid. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes, some of the teachers of the law, they're sitting there and they began to question Jesus. Why does this man speak like that? Only God can forgive sins. And immediately Jesus saw and perceived in his spirit that they were questioning within themselves. And he asked this question. Why do you think these... In things in your heart which is easier to say to this paralyzed man your sins are forgiven or to say stand up take up your bed and walk but so that you know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins he says to the paralyzed man i say to you rise pick up your bed and go home and he rose up and immediately he picked up his bed and he went out before them all so that they were amazed and glorified god saying we have never seen anything like this now, sometimes we begin to read through the Bible, and we just kind of read through the Bible because it's the Bible. So I've done that. I'm sure you've done that where you, you, just, you just start reading. But you don't actually sit in that moment, sit in the middle of the story of what's happening. Can you imagine if we're sitting in this room, and all of a sudden, from up above, we begin to see a hole in the sky, a hole in the roof, because someone is literally ripping through the roof to drop someone down. Can you imagine the moment? Like they're opening and I mean, I'm sure Jesus is teaching and then all of a sudden he gets a little bit of roof hitting him in the head. Like that, that has to have happened because there's no way, you know, they didn't have a shop vac or something where they were sucking up the leftover roof tiles and different things. So it says, it, the Bible says that it was, or in that time things were made, the roofs were made of like mud and straw and uh, some pieces, small pieces of wood. So probably it wasn't a clean experience. And so there's all this roof start falling into the middle of the ground. They're like, hey, Jesus, you can keep talking. We'll show you why we're doing this in a minute. And so he's doing this and he's, 
what is happening? Could you imagine being in that moment? Could you imagine, could you imagine being the teachers of the law in that moment? Like, this is crazy. This is weird. And can you imagine the, the people that it's so crowded in the room, they're like, man, I wish I'd have thought of that. We could have got a front row seat. Why didn't we think of that? Now we're sitting here at the back by the door. So there's all these people. It's crowded. And then we actually begin to see that there's actually these three types of people that are in that room with Jesus. So the first type, it's the crowd. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say the crowd. So it was so crowded that they couldn't even get into the room. That means that there were people there that probably saw him, saw the paralyzed man coming, but they decided my seat is more important so I can hear what Jesus is saying than what this paralyzed man's problem is. So it's this crowd. It's why are they here? They're here to be entertained. They're here to, to hopefully get something good that will help them. So they've been hearing these stories about Jesus. So they wanted to actually see him for themselves. So I can remember a couple of years ago, my wife and I, we went to a university in Texas. Now, universities in, Tex in Texas or universities in the U.S., they attach uh, amateur sports teams to their universities. And we're from Texas. And so American football is like king of Texas. And so we, it just, the season just started up. So this morning we woke up and we were checking all our favorite teams and things like that. So, but there was this one year actually, it was three years actually before Brandy and I met that we set and we participated in the greatest game that our school had ever been a part of. So we were, we were rising in the, in the polls and the standards and we were started off the year at number 15 and by, we kept winning, we kept winning, we kept winning. And by the middle of the season, when we started our, our conference play, we were number eight in the nation. So it was huge for our, our city. It was huge for our university. We've never been this good. But the number one team, who is also our rival, another university from Texas, they're coming to the city. And they're there to play. They were the favorites. You know, all the sports people that began talking, they began to explain why this may be one of the best teams they've ever seen, all this stuff. But they're coming to, the, they're coming to our city. And let me tell you, the city went crazy. We wanted to, everyone wanted to be there. So Brandy, my wife, made a tent in the line on Monday so she could make sure she could get into the game on Saturday and she slept there the whole week missing I don't think you missed class but a lot of people miss class they did, they stopped everything so that they could make sure that they could be a part of the crowd so that they could be a part of that crowd so that they could find entertainment and I can remember getting there getting into that stadium the game started at 7.30. We got into the stadium at 4 o'clock, and the stadium was going crazy. So it was nuts, and it wasn't, the players were just warming up. It was just insane moment. But here's the thing that really didn't matter. The crowd. We were there to be entertained. We had I had sacrificed five hours of my, of my life. That was nothing to what those players were doing. That's nothing to the preparation that was happening. But we just wanted to be entertained. That was what, and I'll tell you the end of the story, we won the game. It was amazing. But 
And actually, Brandy ran onto the field early. She was a part of a group of people before the game was over. And the crowd actually caused penalties, so we almost lost the game because of the crowd. That's a different story for a different day. (laughs) But at the end of the day, we were a part and we were watching something that happens. And sometimes within a church community, that's really... What, what we want to be is, I want to come and I want to just be a part so that I can receive something. That's not necessarily a bad thing. That's a, the, a church is a good place to receive things. But if that's, the, if that's as far as we go within the community of the church, then we're missing the point of why God came. And we're missing the point of what it can really mean to have a church community. So now there's a second group of people. This group was always uh, my favorite and they're always interesting. So, and you can see this, Jesus immediately starts getting it whenever he starts talking to the paralyzed man. So it says the scribes, the teachers of the law, these were the uh, officials or some of the leaders in the community. So in today's world, that may be someone like a celebrity or a politician or, or a social media influencer, someone that has authority within their communities. And they begin to judge, they begin to criticize what Jesus what Jesus was doing. See, the second type of person that can be in a community are critics. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, don't be a critic. Turn to the other neighbor and say, I'm not a critic. So, and this is what happens, and this is what I found about a critic. There's always something wrong. Like, it's amazing. I'm always shocked. It's like, there's always a problem. There's always something wrong. So I can remember one time I had a friend. He moved to a big city. We lived in central Texas. And so he actually, he moved to Dallas. And he was trying to find a church home. And so he was there. And I was like, so how's it going? He said, man, it's hard. It's difficult to find one. It's like I went to this one church. And, you know, it was really small. And it was kind of like just joining a big family. And, you know, it was very relaxed and laid back. And they didn't do things with real excellence. You know, and I think if we're doing, you know, if we're having a service, we should do things with excellence to honor God, which I don't agree with. But he's sitting there and he's saying these things. I was like, well, did you try this other church? You know, it's a little bit bigger. Uh, I think their worship may be a little bit more engaging and, and these types of things. And he's like, yeah, I went there. But everything was so perfect that I just kind of got lost in the show. I think, I feel like they're just up there performing and that's just a show. So I'm sitting here having this three minute conversation and I'm like, man, so let me get this right. You don't like it if church is laid back and natural like a a small family because they're not excellent. But if you go to a church that does things really excellent, you don't like it because you think it's just a show. It's like, what? What's the answer? I want things to be kind of okay, kind of good maybe, and then I'm going to be happy. He's like, no. What was, what was he really saying? He was looking for reasons to not join a church community. He was looking for opportunities not to. You know, I would have loved, I would have loved, I would have enjoyed Jesus being present in the age of social media. You know, and the, and the way that, the way that news stories are suddenly told about different things. Like, can you imagine this story in Mark 2? There's Jesus, you know, local rabbi destroys roof so that he can promote his message. You know, it's like, man, like the guy gets up and walks out and the, the critics are up there upset 
because the roof was destroyed or he said something they don't agree with or aren't sure 100% if that's right. Like, like, could you imagine he was feeding, you know, Jesus later in, in the Gospels, he feeds the 5,000. So most scholars believe that's up to over 20,000 people that could have been present at that time. With just a happy meal, he feeds all these people. Can you imagine what the critics would have said? Local rabbi performs miracle, ruins the fishing industry. <laughs> you know, can you just imagine what it would have been like if Jesus would have had social media? It's like, no, that video, he didn't really do that. So there would have been a backstory on the paralyzed man to find out, to find out and prove to make sure that he wasn't paralyzed before or something. You know, it, there would have been all types of things. Because why? Because a critic is always looking for what's wrong. And whenever they join a community, they're looking and searching for what's wrong. How can this happen? And they're kind of like a vacuum, just like sucks the life out of everything. <laughs> You know, I can remember there was a couple of times whenever I was living in the U.S., I had some friends that were, they were my friends, but they were also really great at being critics. So whenever they came, I'd have to kind of be positive. You're excited about life, Josiah. The world is not collapsing. You know, you have to kind of like preach to yourself before you start talking to them because you know, however the conversation's going to go, it's going to end up being something's wrong. Hey, let's not be critics. No, I am convinced that the scribes, the teachers of the law that were there, they, they came to see what was Jesus doing wrong and not what he was doing right. And that's a whole different perspective. That's a whole different thing. Now, there's one last group. And this is where, this is where a community, a church community can really grow and really thrive is whenever we begin to have the friends you know, there's the friends in the story that carry the paralyzed man. Now, can you just imagine, they didn't have like the nice vans nowadays with the hydraulics that let the, you know, they went somewhere to the guy's home and said, hey, we'll call him Jim. Hey, Jim, guess what? Jesus is back in town. We're going to pick you up. We're going to take you there. And I think he may be able to even heal you or help you. I'm not 100% sure. I've heard some stories. So, and one of the other guys is sitting there. He's like, yeah, I was there at the wedding of Cana. It was, in, it was insane whenever he got up there and he made water into wine. The other one said, yeah, my mom, she went to the Sermon on the Mount and he started preaching. And then afterwards he began to heal people. It was awesome. Jim, we're going to take you there. So here they go. They're taking him. I could just see Jim. He's just like, thanks guys so much for caring about me. Thanks so much for being a part of my life as they're getting him all the way through across the city. Because you see, in that culture, in Jewish culture, there was a discussion about people that were paralyzed. And the discussion was centered around whose sin caused this man to be paralyzed, and that's why God has cursed them. Was it the sin of the parents, or was it his sin? You see, so, so Jim was even seen, even more so than his physical disability, spiritually he was seen as an outcast and that he was cursed because of sin. That was the perspective of Jim. So I can imagine they're just going, it's like, thank you guys so much. Then they get to the door. It's like, hey, excuse me, do you mind? Jim needs to see Jesus. He's paralyzed. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry, but I've been sitting in this seat for 15 years. 
and I want to stay in this seat because I want to receive something for me. So, Jim, you should have showed up earlier. Man, you don't understand. There's traffic. There was all types of crazy stuff that was going on. We've been carrying this guy for three kilometers. Give us a break. No. They can't make it in. And so I can just see Jim in that moment. He's sitting there and he's like, guys, thanks so much. We really appreciate what you've done. I'm thankful for you guys caring about me. We can just go home. And I, I can imagine one of them said that, stood there and said, no, not today. Not today. We'll go up. He's like, I rebuilt my roof the other day. We can just tear this roof off and rebuild it later. We've got to get you to Jesus because it's at Jesus that all of a sudden your life can be changed. It's at Jesus that all of a sudden brokenness can be made whole. Whenever we just get you to Jesus, all of a sudden their identity that you've been told your whole life can be transformed to something completely different. That, that if we can just get you to Jesus, you can walk out of here completely transformed. What if we as a community, what if we as people, Begin to, to work with each other, to build friendships like that. Where if we just pull people to Jesus. See, that's what's, that's what's empowering about a church community. We're centered around the purposes of Jesus. It's not about, you know, there's all these different groups and communities you can join. There's all these different interests that you can be a part of. But whenever we begin to place our center focus around Jesus... Things begin to change. Things begin to transform. Because it's in Jesus we can find that brokenness is restored. It's in Jesus we can find that, that healing takes place. So I want you to look. What's the first thing that Jesus does with this man? What's the first thing that happens? He says, son, your sins are forgiven. What was he speaking to? Remember in the culture, this man was considered cursed by God. Jesus was saying, no. Your identity, you're right with God now. You're right with God. See, he spoke to the identity. And as a community, as a church community, that's one of the things we can do. When we bring people to Jesus, then all of a sudden, it actually empowers people to walk in the identity that they're supposed to be in. And that changes, that changes people's lives whenever we begin to carry out and walk in our identities. If we can just get to Jesus. If we can just bring people to Him. What, what was the moment, what was the moment that Jesus, the power of God began to move? When did that happen? It says, and when Jesus saw their faith. When Jesus saw their faith. Whose faith? Was it the crowd's faith? It definitely wasn't the critics' faith. When they saw the faith of the friends, it unlocked the power of God to transform a life. That's what a church community is about. It's whenever we begin to, together, we start picking each other up and say, hey, you may be struggling. You may be going through something right now, but I'm going to stand in faith with you to see Jesus come into your life. I'm going to stand in faith with you to see breakthrough happen. I'm going to stand in faith with you to see that restored in your life. Whenever we begin to do that, all of a sudden things change and the community begins to grow. 
You know, my wife and I, we've been married for seven years, almost. In December, it'll be seven years. And one of the things I discovered very early in our relationship is that I don't always need to fix her problems. Do I have any ladies in the room? Sometimes, when you're talking to someone, you're not talking to them about your problem because you want them to fix it. This is something that guys don't understand. Because for us, we are hearing, you need our solution to your problem. Any guys in the room? So let me provide your, you with a solution. What I discovered very early on is sometimes my solution, although right, was not a good solution in that moment. <laughs> Why? Because sometimes a friend just needs to be with them. You know, and I feel like sometimes we feel like we have to have all of the answers. We have to provide all of the solutions in life. But what did the friends do in this story? They were like, if we can just get you to Jesus, we don't have the answers. We can't fix what's wrong with you. We can't solve your problem, but we can be with you and get you to the one that can. And that's what a church community is about, is that we support each other and build each other up so that we can get people to the one that can. What would happen if we begin with this small group of people within our English community, what would happen? You know, because one of the things I've discovered is that, that there's still, there, there's always needs. That there's always someone that needs help and needs a solution in their life. And what I've also discovered is I usually don't have those answers. But I know someone that does. That begins to change my perspective on how I work and talk with people. What could happen? We could be, in, we could be at the beginning of something great that can see people hear the words of Jesus, son, your sins are forgiven. That could see, that could walk out of a room from brokenness into wholeness. And that's something I want to be a part of. You know, if you think about the three types of people in this story, I find it interesting. You know, at the end of this story in Matthew 12, or Mark 12, Mark 2, chapter, Mark chapter 2, verse 12. I do speak English, I promise. What does it say that, it says, and the crowd marveled said, we've never seen anything like this before. So in Matthew 9, it's the same story, and it's, it says that the crowd marveled and said, and they were thanking God that he had given authority to man. See, God's given us authority to walk in our identities. But if you look at these three types of people, they actually, they got what they wanted. The crowd, they got a great show. I mean, a guy stands up in the middle, you know, he's been born like this, and he stands up and walks out. You know, his first steps, he was like stepping over people to get out of the room. 
they got the show that they were looking for. You know, when Brandy and I, whenever we were at that American football game, we got the show we came and looked for. It was awesome. And for like the next week, that's all we talked about. Then we went to another stadium and we lost. And then we stopped talking about it. Why? Because we were a part of the crowd. And we saw the show and eventually the show wears off. The critics, they got the controversy they were looking for. He forgave his sins. Does he not know that probably his parents are horrible people? That's why he's like that? Only God can do that, which they're right. They just missed the fact that Jesus was God. They got what they wanted. They got controversy. They found something wrong. And the friends, the friends got what they were looking for. They got their friend back. They got their friend to be whole. Which one of you think remembered what Jesus did the most out of that story? It's probably the ones that walked in friendship for the next couple of years together with the living miracle. Those were probably the ones that could look back and remember what Jesus did. More than the crowd, the critics would find something else wrong soon and they'd move on to the next thing. But the friends, the friends got to be a part of a life transformed every day. Man, that's powerful. And that's what, that's what we want here with our English church. So we want to build a community of people that will be friends. What does that look like? What does that look like practically speaking? We're in a big city. People have crazy schedules. And I understand. I get that. Our schedule's crazy as well. But sometimes it's just going to coffee with someone. You know, this fall, on your way out, you can grab a calendar. Do you have one of those? It's nice and small so you can keep it in your wallet. Oh, I have two. It's nice and small so you can keep it in your wallet. But we're creating, we, we've, we've started creating extra things to be a part of. One of them is, we're calling it a community night. It's once a month. And what is it? It's a chance for us to become friends. It's a chance for us to get to know each other. It's a chance for us to begin to build a relationships together. Because this is something I found about making friends. You know, a lot of times we begin to think and we begin to process, why isn't anyone talking to me? Why isn't anyone reaching out to me? Why isn't anyone becoming my friend? You know what I found? The easiest way to make friends is to become a friend. Like, hey, we need to go grab some coffee together. Yeah, that'd be great. So I'm busy this week, but I'm free next week. Or hey, let's do this. Or hey, let's do that. What? If, it's amazing what happens when we begin to reach out and build relationship and connection together. So what we've done is we've created some events that we can begin to build those relationships. We'll have a service where we can share what God's doing in our life, but then we'll also have some fun nights where we can just become friends. This is a chance to invite other people. This is a chance to engage 
with people around you that maybe feel more comfortable in English as opposed to Polish, which, let's be honest, Polish is crazy. So, I mean, we can say this, I'm in, you know, I'm in the right crowd, but sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh. I told our, we're learning Polish, my wife and I, and I told my Polish teacher the other day, we were learning dates, which they use different forms for each part of the date. Not like date going on a date, but like numbers. And I'm sitting there and I told her, I was like, when they were designing this language, whoever, they had so much free time on their hands that they were like, let's figure out how complicated. So when you're saying one sentence, you have to use all these different things. Like, oh my gosh. You know what's complicated about English? A lot of stuff. But some people find it more comfortable because they do business in it or they work in it or they're around others that do it. So what community nights are a chance for us to bring people together so that we can build our church community, so that we can get to know each other, that we can share coffee together, that we can laugh together, that we can hear about each other's challenges and see if are there ways that we can help each other. And let's, let's do something great for God. You know, the difference between, there's a lot of different communities that you can be a part of in this city. And many of them are good. The special thing about a church community is that we get to put Jesus in the middle of it and watch him change lives. And that's fun. So I just want to encourage you and challenge you. There's a couple of different things that you can do. Make sure before you leave, you grab a calendar. So my wife will have them at the back. Then also, if you're interested in helping be more a part in serving in our, in our services and in our community nights and helping, helping lead those. We would love for you to be a part of that. So there's just a small little thing that grabs your information. It's nice and yellow, so you can't miss it. And just maybe there's some areas you would like to be a part of and help. So I met Orlando today. He was here at the Polish service, and he, he came up and he said, how can I help? And so we're going to talk over the next couple of weeks on how he can help and be a part. Because it's not, it's not about just a couple of people doing things. That's what I love about a church. It's about a community of people working together to see lives changed. So that's what I want to encourage you to do. If, the, if you feel like for this season, I'm supposed to be a part of this. For however long you're here in Krakow, whether that's six months, a year, two years, ten years, whatever it is. Then hey, let's... Let's be a part of this and let's do something together. Life's more fun when you do it with someone else. I can remember I lived here for six months when I was uh, in university. And I remember I went on a trip to Spain, backpacked through southern Spain. It was a lot of fun, but it was all alone. What I found is that whenever I begin to do trips with other people, whenever I do trips with my wife or with some friends, Man, that experience, even though it's the exact same things you're seeing, it's the exact same experience, but when you're going through it with someone else, it just makes it so much more rich. It's like looking at a color TV versus black and white. It's so much more rich when you have all the colors together. It's so much more rich when we do life as a community together. 
So let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our city. Lord, I thank you that our city is a place where expats can thrive and, and live amazing lives. Lord, I thank you for the beginning of what you're doing with our English church here. That there's something special that's gonna happen. Lord, that we're gonna be a place where, where we laugh together, that we support each other, that we encourage each other. Lord, that we're gonna be a place where, where we're, gonna, we're gonna step out and we're gonna be the friend and not wait for someone else. That's what you desire for whenever you establish your church. That'd be a community of people centered around what your son has done. And building on that, seeing lives transformed, seeing people changed, seeing hearts set free. I just want to give you a sec a second. I just want you to pray a prayer to God. How you would like to be involved with the church for the city here. Maybe because of your schedule, it's only you're only able to come to the events. I understand. I know people's schedules are crazy with work or university or different things. Or maybe you want to say, God, I want to be in. I want to be a part of this. I don't know what that means. But I want to be a part of building something special. God, I thank you for today. Thank you that your son came, he died on a cross, that he can say your sins are forgiven. Maybe you're here today and you haven't prayed that prayer to Jesus. You haven't asked him into your life. You haven't made him your Lord and your savior. You haven't heard him say your sins are forgiven. So the Bible says that that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if that's you today, I just want to give you a chance to say yes to Jesus. God, we thank you for this fall 2019. Lord, we, I look forward to what you're going to do in our church community. I look forward to what you're gonna do in our city. Lord, we have the opportunity to impact and touch nations right here in our home. What a blessing to be in that opportunity, Lord. Lord, we commit today that we're going to go after you, that we're going to pursue you, that we're going to, and we're going to help others do the same. It's in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and close in worship. If you have any questions, you can always come find me, find my wife in the yellow shirt, find Pastor Magda, Pastor Philip. Be sure to grab that calendar, put it in your wallet, put those dates someplace where you'll remember them. 
And if you want to be a part, grab one of those yellow pieces of paper. Just say, hey, this is how I want to be a part of this community for now. So that I can make friendships, build relationships, help people find Jesus.